This is what we have all been waiting for. It is a Friday before Championship Sunday. Sports Fridays do not get any bigger than this, and the show will not get bigger either. That is Dave Hellman, NFL Insider. If you don't know him over the next 90 minutes, you'll know him very now well. You know. That is the brilliant Joy Taylor. Everything she says oh, you should listen to, but not everything should you believe. This oh, is whoa. Eagles all-time hey, rushing Dave leader. Shade D. McCoy. Now, speaking of Shane, Chris Jones, all-pro defensive tackle for the Chiefs. He threw a little bit just moments ago. I wanted you to hear it. Take a listen. Take care. See y'all at Burrow. See y'all at Burrowhead, he said. If y'all remember, after the Bengals beat the Bills last week, 27 to 10, the Bengals players on the sideline were saying, yo, we're going to Burrowhead. They were mocking the Chiefs home stadium, Arrowhead, where the game will take place on Sunday. All eyes are on this matchup. You might not realize it. I literally realized it moments ago. This is the youngest we have seen two quarterbacks in a conference championship game that have previously been in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow have both played in the Super Bowl, and they are 27 and under. We are literally watching young brilliance before our eyes. Quarterback matchups do not get better than this. Quarterback matchups do not get younger than this. Buckle up for an incredible game, but right now, buckle up for an incredible show. I got to get to the desk because I got to talk to all of these incredible minds. LaShawn Shady McCoy. What up, bro? What's up, brother? It's all good, man. You nervous? You nervous weekend? Never. Never. Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts' words. Everything comes to Philadelphia. That's true. Okay, but right now, everything is in Burrow head. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Who do you have more confidence in on Sunday? I know. I know. I know. I was just watching tape, and Joe Burrow looks serious. You can change your answer. But I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Is Andy Reid going to be there? Yes. We call him Big Red. Is Big Red going to be in the building? I got to go with the Chiefs. Like I said, I mean, like uh, Joe Burrow, man, has been lights out, been watching him on tape. He knows where to go with the ball. He's having a phenomenal playoff run. But it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. Like, how can I go against Patty Mahomes, MVP, Super Bowl champ, Super, Super Bowl MVP? I can't go against that, right? And, and, and I feel comfortable because I know he has Andy Reid. He's the best coach in the NFL. Hands down. That's real. So I think this that matchup of, and also being at home, being at home, Patrick Mahomes, even if the, the talent is not the same, I think that the, the Bengals are probably a hotter team. I think that the Bengals are probably more talented, but I can't get over the experience part, and I can't be over, and I can't get over Patrick Mahomes having that MVP type of performance for them to win. That's what's going to have to happen. And I think he can do that. So I'm riding on a guy that I know, guy I played with, and I'm riding with a coach that I know. And a coach that I played with. If y'all do not know, LaShawn McCoy was drafted by Andy Reid when Andy Reid was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. LaShawn McCoy was acquired by the Chiefs and won a Super Bowl with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So you're talking to somebody who knows a thing or two. Now, I don't know from personal experience, but I'll be watching a little bit too, Shane. Okay. I'll be watching okay. just a little right, bit. Right. I'm more confident than Joe Burrow. Winning is a habit. Yeah. Losing is a habit. And Joe Burrow has mastered the habit of winning against the That's Kansas true. City Chiefs. That is true. He's 3-0. and We talk about this colloquially, but it's a real thing. There are two scoreboards. Okay. There's one scoreboard that you at home, you see. Right. That's a scoreboard usually found around the stadium that tells you the literal score. But that second scoreboard, it lies within the minds of the players. When they're in the locker room lacing up the cleats, when they're putting on their socks, making sure they don't have uniform violations, in the back of their mind, they're wondering, can we really beat these guys? Or in the front of their mind, they're thinking, oh, we know we're going to win. And they're going to be shocked when they're losing. That's where Joe Burrow is. In the front of Joe Burrow's mind, when he's lacing up his icy whites, he's going to be thinking to himself, I wonder how much we're going to win by. I wonder if we're going to have to play from behind and catch up this game or if we're just going to put our foot on their necks like we did the Buffalo Bills from the start. I'm riding with Joe Burrow because he does not know how to lose to Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes beats Joe Burrow, it will be the first time he does it. But if and when Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, it's just going to be another Sunday. Mm. It's going to be another Sunday at the office. That's why I'm rocking with Joe Burrow. But, Joy Taylor, educate me. Please, who are you more confident in, Burrow or Mahomes? Well, we're just talking about the quarterbacks That's here. That's it. We aren't making our picks yet. That's for later. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I like it. Now, I, like it. I love I like and adore it. Joe Burrow, and he is playing excellence football. He's great. He's him, as he said. But Patrick Mahomes has more experience in these spaces. 
He's the king still, even with this matchup. And he's the MVP this year. Mm -hmm. And I know the injury is a question, but he's actually pretty effective in the pocket. Yeah. His numbers are actually more efficient when he stays in the pocket. So all the magic that he does that makes him Patrick Mahomes and the fear that he can do anything in these side passes and no-look passes and all that, which he does, when he's actually just playing efficient football from the pocket, he's great also. So I, I really, if I have to put my faith in a one particular player that they're going to play at an MVP level, it's going to be the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Dave, I'm curious in your answer for this reason. Yeah. You've watched Joe Burrow more than <laughs> I would say anybody on television, definitely more than anybody on this desk. You're an LSU alum. Yeah. Joe Burrow is an LSU alum. That's you true. watched arguably the greatest college football team. The reason I say arguably, they have more wins, I think, than any college not, football not, team in college football history. Not, not arguably. Oh. And you watched Joe Burrow. Argue with your mom. Lead that team. Then you watched Joe Burrow go to the NFL yeah. and lead a Bengals team to a Super Bowl. So surely – your answer is going to be that you're more confident in Joe Burrow, right? Thank you for outlining why I hate this segment. <laughs> I'm going to get a call from LSU. They're going to take my damn degree away when this is over. I love Joe. But I can't sit up here day after day and talk about how I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league and we don't give him enough credit for how much better he is. The numbers bear it out. The resume bears it out. I think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the league right now. But number one is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hate to choose between the two, but, but that's how I felt all year. The Chiefs were my pick to go to the Super Bowl. They were my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to back out now. And the, the main reason for that is because that's how much belief I have in Patrick Mahomes. And I hear what you're saying, but, like, Shady, you, you were on the Chiefs. I, don't, I know the Bengals have beaten them three times, and they deserve all the credit in the world for that. You think there's anybody in the Chiefs locker room that's, like, doubting about it? Because, yeah. And why? They've been there before. They're a winning team. They're a big top dog. And, and because maybe number 15 but, yeah. is in their Patrick, He makes everybody believe That's that. Their, their scoreboard and their head, while they're lacing up their cleats, should say 15. Because <laughs> right, they, right. they, they got number 15. <laughs> and I, I got to see. And I mean, it's not fair to Joe. It's not fair to the Bengals. They've proven they can do this before. But last year, what gets lost at halftime of the AFC Championship game last year, Patrick, yeah. Patrick Mahomes was 18 of 21 for 220 and three touchdowns. He was going crazy. He played one of the worst halves of his career, Second and that's, half, that's, yeah, that's how the Bengals won. Not to take their credit away from them, I just trust Patrick Mahomes not to do that again. I trust him to rise to the occasion and not literally play one of the worst halves of his career. So in an argument that I can't win because I love them both, <laughs> I'll, st I'll take Patrick Mahomes. I love this matchup. I love this matchup. I'm going to love today's show. Y'all have to um, accept my apology for my excitement. Joy, you ran track and field. What I love in track and field, 2-5, I didn't run track and field. I threw shot in the discus. But what I love in track and field is there are some dudes that can just get out the blocks. Right. Some dudes just get out the blocks. But there are those other people who you know, oh, they're going to go get them. So when they go get out the blocks, you're not worried because you're like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cute. They're going to go get them. You go to a track meet with somebody who ain't watched before, and they're watching a 400, a 400 for those at home, one lap around the track. And somebody gets out, and they're winning through half of the race. And everybody's like, oh, my God. And you just sit there. You watch a meet before. Drink your water. You're like, don't worry. They're going to go get them. <laughs> that, to me, is how I'm watching Joe Burrow in this matchup. Patrick Mahomes, 18 of 21, two touchdowns in the first half. Joe Burrow, don't worry. We're going to go get them. Chiefs matchup this year uh, versus Kansas City. Don't worry. We're going to go get him. If Joe Burrow's on the field, he's just sitting there like, yeah, let me just go ahead and reel you in real quick. It's not to me, Joy, about who's the best quarterback in the league. Because that is Patrick Mahomes, anybody but a, a Bengals fan would say. To me, though, it's about who's going to be the best quarterback on Sunday. And with Patrick Mahomes and that ankle injury – if I were torn, that's why I err on Joe Burrow. But educate me and, and, and speak on how does Patrick Mahomes' injury impact how you gauge your confidence level? Well, I mean, he's going to have a week of rest and rehab. And if he's okay to be out there, he's going to be at a high level. 98%, 90% of Patrick Mahomes is still better than most of the league. That is true. Now, is true. I, I, I could go there with you that's that you'd fact. be like, well, then it's Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> and that's why this isn't really, you know, this isn't meant to be a controversial. Of we're course. Just, we're There's having no right. this There's conversation. No There's no right or wrong. I could easily pick Joe Burrow, and I would be there. It's not outrageous. He's an unbelievable player who I've loved since the beginning, and he's proven to be correct. He's excellent. But this is Patrick Mahomes. 
He's the king still. He mm -hmm. still is. He still has the hardware. He's still shown us time and time again he can win in different ways. He does have big red, so they're going to drop a game plan that's not going to put him in harm's way, particularly in the beginning of the game, because mm -hmm. you don't want to risk it getting rolled up on or something like that. So they're going to protect him as much as possible. And he's even in the game last week, he was still getting out there with the injury. So I'm, I'm not assuming that at this point it's going to hinder him that much. Shady, break this down for the viewers. You were in Buffalo, and I believe Leslie Frazier was a defensive coordinator for the yep, Buffalo yep. Bills. Then. Sean McDermott, a brilliant head coach, Two a brilliant defensive brilliant. coach as well. Yeah. Both brilliant. But the Bengals picked them apart. They did. They came out there without yeah. two starting goal linemen, maybe even three, and Joe Burrow was throwing dots. Like, it was bad. Yeah, it, it was, was bad. real bad. Yeah, it was. Do you <clears throat> think that with Mahomes hobbled to any degree, that Joe Burrow will go out there and, based upon how hot he was last week, just keep on rolling? How confident are you in Burrow as well? You were just watching. Yeah, no, Burrow no, oh, no. I love, I love Joe Burrow, right? People think that if you don't, give him the credit right away, you don't like it. No, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. I mean, he's a beast. I, I was watching the tape even for this segment. What impressed you most while watching the tape? His decision-making, right? Him throwing the ball, throwing his receivers open, him knowing where to go with the ball, right? Him not panicking. First reason out there, second reason out there, boom, not panicking. Third reason there, boom. Then when it's not there, even him scrambling. It, it, like, Joe can do it all. Yep. And I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. He's a intelligent player, especially when you watch him. So when you talk about a player not having – the super arm strength. Well, we have that Joe Burrow type of mechanics as far as the mental aspect of the game. You don't need it. That's the scary part. I think that I'm, I'm definitely going with Mahomes just because of his resume and what I know from playing with him. I never played with Joe. I played with Pat. Pat is, he's a competitor. All this Burrow head stuff, this is driving him crazy, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I'm serious. It's driving him crazy. And you have Andy Reid, so I'm going with that. But they could, all, they could lose this game too now, yeah. right? This is, this is a coin flip game. Dave, would you be surprised, would you be surprised if Joe Burrow substantially outplayed Patrick Mahomes? I add the word substantially because clearly he can outplay him. We know that. But would you be surprised? I, substantially, yeah. I mean, I, just as a football fan, I hope this is a classic game where both quarterbacks are at their best. I think Joe is capable of outplaying Patrick Mahomes, especially when you consider Pat's injury. Travis Kelsey's also on the injury report. I expect him to play, but he's dealing with something. So, yeah, I, I – I could see Joe out playing Pat substantially. I don't like the word substantially. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, a, I don't like it either because like it's going to be a clash of titans. Well, coming up, this got to go from an AFC matchup to an NFC matchup. Y'all realize there are going to be 12 all pros on the field. We've never seen a game like this in the last half decade. Who's under more pressure? Purdy, Purdy. Yeah. It's almost game time, yeah. y'all. It's almost game yeah, time. Yeah, you already know how that's going to go. You already know how that's going to go. A oh, man, you I choke. Y'all know what it is. Brock Purdy is for the Niners, 7-0 as a starter. But on the other side, second team, all pro Jalen Hurts, 14-1 this season, and he is going crazy. According to Fox Best Sportsbook, the Eagles are favored by two and a half points. This is the game that I have been waiting for. I'm nervous, Dave. You better be. I'm nervous. You better be. I'm nervous. Yeah. Okay, let, me, let me level with everybody. Let me get some stuff off my chest. Um, obviously, I played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not as long and nor as successful nor as lucrative as LaShawn McCoy, but I played there. Okay. Wasn't over Caraway. I was in a stadium. I was in a practice facility. You walk into the, to the right. My locker was there, 51. Yeah, I choked. Now, I wasn't allowed yeah. to play music. I was one of those guys that had to ask for a jersey number, as LaShawn McCoy has suggested. I wasn't one of those guys that got to pick my number. I told you, you look good in 51. So, 51, I'm aware. <laughs> I was a you-get-a-number kind of guy. That was me. But D'Amico Ryans. He was a linebacker when I was in Philadelphia. I walked into the linebacker meeting room. I sat here. D'Amico sat there. Hey, can I get you some coffee, Miko? Hey, you need a pen, Miko? So, D'Amico Ryan's a coordinator for the Niners. You know, I'm tethered to him, affectionately. But the Eagles, they cut me some checks. I'm tethered to that money. Literally, I'm torn. Shady, I'm torn. There's a lot of pressure on this game, a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. More pressure on Brock Purdy. Oh, okay. Explain. Brock Purdy, you have a team full of dudes that have been here before. You got a team full of Trent Williams, George Kittles, Fred Warners, Greenlaws, a team full of Jimmy Wards, a team full of <sighs> use checks, Ayukes, guys that have been here before, and Jimmy G let them there. 
Brock Purdy, it's not just the Eagles that's standing in the way of the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl. It's your youth. It's not just the Eagles standing in the way of the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl. It's your perceived ability. It's not just the Eagles standing in the way of the Niners getting into the Super Bowl. It's your young age at the quarterback position. It's on Brock Purdy's shoulders to get the Niners to the Super Bowl. If the Niners do not win this game, more than likely, it will be because of Brock Purdy. I doubt it will be because of Nick Bosa. I doubt it will be because of Warner Ward. I doubt it will be because of uh, Williams or McCaffrey. It's going to be because of Brock Purdy. So, Brock, the buck stops with you. Like, you are holding the fate of all of our producers in your hand. All our producers are 49ers fans. You're holding the fate of the Bay in your hands. You got the whole world in his hands. Like, Purdy, that's you. That's you, the itty-bitty babies. (laughs) So I think all of the pressure as it pertains to the Niners is on Brock Purdy. That is why, Joy, I think Purdy's under more pressure than Jalen Hurts. But Hurts is under pressure, too. So who do you think's under more? That was very compelling. That was was pretty good. That was good. He was in your bag. He got the whole world in his bag. He was in your duffel. Yeah. Appreciate it, Shady. Yeah. I prefer to the show. You're wrong, but it was very good. (laughs) You're definitely wrong. It's very convincing. Again. Say there's no pressure on Brock Purdy, but in the end, if Brock Purdy looks like a rookie or he doesn't play well, we're gonna say he's a rookie, mm-hmm. and not just any rookie, a seventh round rookie, and not just any seventh round rookie, the last of the seventh. That round. Right, right, right. So, and and that would be—I don't want to use the word fair. It would be reasonable yeah, to yeah, feel that way. Yeah. He didn't ask to be put in this position. Yet here he is, and he has answered the call so far. Jalen Hurts, however, is in a different situation. Because he is an all-pro. Mm. He is an MVP finalist. Mm. He is 14-1 and one this season That's as a right. starter. He has the expectations of Philadelphia. And they are reasonable expectations. He's a third, he's a third year. He's not a rookie. Right. Last year, it was actually pretty reasonable to question what he was going to be yep. moving forward. And he, what did he do? Put in the work in the offseason and came back and said, no, I'm ready. And he answered. So it is absolutely... There's absolutely more pressure on Jalen Hurts, and there should be more pressure. He is the guy right now, and he ha- he's the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. And as we know, just because you feel like you have this open window and you're going to be here every single year and you're going to get these opportunities again and again, it doesn't always happen that way. So they have a great roster, top to bottom. He's the leader. He's the reason. And he's going to be, ex- be expected to step up against a really tough team in the Niners this Sunday. Shady, you're the Eagles' all-time rushing leader, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I want you to anchor this. Dave Hellman, you chime in quickly. More pressure, Purdy or Hurts? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, everything you said about Brock Hurdy is true and fair, but he was, he was thrust into this situation. Football's not fair sometimes. This situation was built for Jalen Hurts. Like, the Eagles' entire game plan was built around, we got this, you know, good young quarterback. We think we can level him up. We'll surround him with some more talent. He'll take the initiative, and we'll be good. And it's been true to this point. They've only lost one game this year with him as the starter. Mm-hmm. The playoffs go through the link. Like home field advantage, all that stuff. We're going to be there. Shady McCoy's going to be there. Big <laughs> Mill's going to be there. Will Smith's going to be there. Kevin Hart. All that stuff. All that stuff. And it's on Jalen Hurts to deliver. I mean, okay, they won their first playoff game. That's cool. But it'll still want to still feel a little bit hollow if you I mean you lose one regular season game with your starting quarterback and you don't get to the Super Bowl. Now think about the same collection of talent is on the Eagles roster. Whether it's like Lane Johnson and, and Jason Kelsey who want to experience that again. Yep. There's a lot of good players who weren't here. 2017 is a lifetime in the NFL. From from Darius Slay to Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, you think he doesn't want to come back to Philly and, and feel what that's like to make a run like that? Just as many talented players are going to be disappointed, and they designed this for Jalen Hurts. Brock Purdy stepped into an unprecedented situation. This is all built around Jalen. He's got to deliver. Yeah, I'm going with Jalen Hurts. I mean, even with Brock Purdy, like he, he's a rookie. We keep forgetting that. He's doing well, but he's still a rookie. So if things f- fall short for him, it's like, wow, his upside is going to be tremendous going forward. It's got to be Jalen Hurts. You talked about it, Joy. He's been MVP in talks all year mm-hmm. for a reason. Right. And then before the season even started, the biggest question was, what are we going to do with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? Right. That was the biggest question. So what did they do? This Nick Sirianni offense, they changed this for Jalen Hurts. That's not his typical offense. 
right? Yep. They changed it for him. So we changed his offense for this player, which was a success early, right, and late. Then you add Devon uh, um, Smith. Yep. Devontae Smith, Devontae. right, right. You draft him, and then you bring in AJ Brown. Yep. So you bring, you do all this for this player, and it worked out so far. The question is, we got to finish it. Gotta it's not it. how you start; it's how you finish. Yes, sir. Rocky Balboa showed you that. Yeah, you know what that is? Yeah, of course. You know what that is? I know. Joe, you know the what Italian style. That's right, because he's now. real. Yeah. And I seen what the 49ers did. <laughs> Listen, what when you play, when you play the Eagles, you can never mess with the statue, Rocky Balboa statue. I heard what y'all did to it. We're not happy about that. What'd they do to it? They put a flag over it, a 49er flag over it. Ooh. Like they got Joe Montana wow. at quarterback. They tripping. Wow. Listen. Niners, the Niners face will roll deep. That's cursed. They roll deep. Okay, I, I hear what all y'all are saying because of the, the pressure externally. Uh, I was reading this one time, 2-5. I was reading this book, and I was, I was curious because my friend asked me to go hiking, and I was like, ah, it's hard to breathe up there. And so I was like, why is it so hard to breathe at altitude? I was curious, so I looked it up. It's hard to breathe at altitude because the pressure in the atmosphere is lower than the pressure inside of your lungs, hence what makes it difficult difficult to breathe. The pressure inside your lungs is more difficult than the pressure in the atmosphere. That, I guess, is how I feel about this Brock Purdy situation. The internal pressure for Brock Purdy is going to be so great. That is what I'm looking at. Externally, I feel y'all. Y'all are entirely correct. Jalen Hurts, he's the all-pro. But internally, that pressure that Brock Purdy is going to have to face, I think, is going to be so great. Let me tell you one story, and then Joy, take it home. 2008, we started at University of Texas. I think we were 11-0. Everybody famously remembers the Michael Crabtree game, Texas Tech. He scores in the end zone. Hey, did y'all ah, dirty? Did us dirty. Oh, man. Keeps us from going to a national championship. What people don't remember, and this is my friend. He hasn't texted me back, so I'm going to tell this story. Sorry, Blake. What people don't remember was a minute before Michael Crabtree oh. scores on Earl Thomas, my literal, one of my closest friends, Blake Gideon, yep. he's a true freshman. Most starts in the history of Texas uh, at the program. He drops an interception. Like, the quarterback, Graham Harrell, throws it right to Blake. He drops it. He's a true freshman. He's a freshman, right? You can't blame him for dropping that. But the problem, Joy, was our quarterback, Colt McCoy, was a Heisman finalist. Our wide receiver was a senior. Other wide receiver was a senior. Starting defensive line was Brian Arakpo, first-round pick. Earl Thomas, future Hall of Famer, was in the secondary. Y'all already know how talented we were. So, Blake was getting death threats. Blake was getting, you need to retires. Blake was getting, you're worthless. Now, Blake's my dog. I'm like, hey, big dog, we got three more years of this. It's going to be all good. I don't fault him. Nobody really faults him. But there was so much pressure knowing of all the links, that was the weak one, Joy. That's why I'm speaking to the internal pressure. But I know you had something to say prior, so go ahead. Well, first of all, I mean, it's, it's college football fans, so. <laughs> they get excited. Yeah, they, they get excited. Like a separate level. But you're never going to have a team of all veterans. You're never going to have a team of all fourth-year guys. Yeah. You're going to have more freshmen. You're going to have more seniors. You're going to have more veterans. But you're always going to have a rookie out there. You're, all, you're always going to have a young player mixed with older players. That's how it works. So you have to overcome that inexperience. Now, obviously, we're all giving Brock a lot of grace in the situation, and I think we should. Yeah. Like, it's, un, it's unreasonable to expect that of him. But it seems to me that Brock has – handled that internal pressure just fine mm -hmm. from the start. They, they were speaking very highly of him very early yeah. from the moment he stepped out there. So he's been very poised. He's been more poised than some players who aren't rookies this year. Don't so, do it, Dave. Don't do it, Shady. Like, I swear it was coming. I swear I could hear Dak Prescott. I didn't from see that. I was ready for it. I was I already right. been there for a couple, he was, been there for a couple months. Don't. Yeah. He's new to the team. Like, so I, I agree with her. I agree with her. I, I, I felt I've it seen, coming. Too. I've seen nothing. I'm not predicting that he's going to play like a rookie. I've seen. I haven't seen him play like a rookie. I've seen him make some throws that were, you know, a little ridiculous, and the All Pros made it work. Some some plays that yeah. weren't really the went the way that they were supposed to go, and because they're that good, they figured it out. But he's he's playing as well as he as you, can it be expected. Correct. Correct. And, and I don't think he's going to fall apart just because it's now the NFC Championship. Game. I don't think so either. This is a game we've been waiting for. We are staying with these games because this is the best and biggest Friday show thus far. Coming up, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, they are both elite. But who has the edge Sunday? Not only at the quarterback spot, we're going to talk to you about the different position groups. You're going to want to hear who has what strengths and who has what weaknesses. Come back for that and so much more next on Speed.
The game has gotten intense, and it hasn't even been, even been played yet. Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay was talking about the Bengals' offense and how he wasn't scared at all. Y'all have to hear what he said. Speak up, Willie Gay. All that trash talk coming from over there, does that, that fire you up and get you motivated when they call Arrowhead Burrowhead? Or how, how do you handle that? Uh, I'm just excited to be playing football, man. That stuff is just what comes with the game. You know, uh, we like Coach Reed said, we don't do no talking. We just go handle business when it's time to go. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played them a few times? Nothing. No. Drawing one of you first. You <laughs> gave the biggest laughter. Oh, because he said he doesn't do any talking. And then proceeded and then, to like <laughs> back-to-back questions. Yeah. Um, but maybe he, maybe he considered that not to be talking by saying nothing. <laughs> no, Shady, how hard is it, man, when your coach tells you, hey, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk, but I know you, you're a talkative guy, and it's helped you at times, it's hurt you at times. How hard is it? Because you saw Willie Gay in that moment was like, man, Andy Reid told me don't do no talking, don't do no talking. How impressive is the Bengals' offense? Is it offense impressive at all? No. Like, how yeah. hard is it to do that? That's like play? the Drago, remember Drago from Rocky? It does, it does. <laughs> uh, 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 no, I mean, like, is it hard? It's hard for me. You, I like to talk trash. So if you talk trash, I can't wait to talk trash. I feel like Andy Reid says that to the team. He always says that. Hey, don't say anything bad about him. Pump him up. Make him feel great. I guess he's trying to, I don't know, manipulate the situation. Not me. If Travis Kelsey talks some trash, he wouldn't mind. It's part of the game. It won't make the players play harder. True. They might, get, might get a flag, though. Mm-hmm. Hey, I see what you said about me. <laughs> flag. You might get that. But if they won't, they're, they're going to hit the quarterback the same way they're going to hit each other's quarterback. It don't matter. I do think there's something. I've been around. I've been in enough locker rooms for enough quotes like that. Like, you get to Thursday, Friday, it's been a storyline all week. Like, some players, you get to a point where it's like, screw this. Like, I'm out of diplomatic stuff. To say. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta keep it real for a sec. And that's later in the week. I find, like, that's when the best interviews happen because, like, you're antsy for the game, you're tired of all the nonsense, and, yeah, you get some good stuff on Thursday. Here's my thing, though. The only reason I don't like it is because I don't like the Chiefs giving the Bengals bulletin board material. Bengals, y'all are big dogs as it pertains to this matchup. But I don't know if the Chiefs should say that there's nothing impressive about the Bengals' offense when the Bengals' offense literally, like, he know he know it is. He's talking. He know them boys is nice. He don't want to say it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he's but he know. like he he is stalking by not by yeah, but he know. actually is yeah. stalking. I think he he's know. but again, you get to a certain point, it's like how many times can I say Burrow's the best and oh my god, how are we gonna cover all these guys? How am I gonna tackle Joe Mixon? At some point you're like, no, I'm good at football yeah, too. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. No, I don't blame him, but it's fun for us. Well, clearly there are impressive things about the Bengals offense, but there are impressive things about both offenses. Shady, I need your help. Let's break down for the viewer who is winning the matchups. Offensive line, defensive line, quarterbacks, skill positions, linebackers, coaches. This game is going to come down not just to Burrow and Mahomes, though we like to say that. This game is actually going to come down to all of the players that help them. So you all need to know so you can sound more educated with your friends as well. Let's start with the skill position groups. Shady, you got Pacheco at running back for the Chiefs. Yeah. You got Mixon at running back for yeah. the Bengals. And wide receiver for the Chiefs, you got a litany of dudes. Yeah. Nico Hardman, Juju Smith. But most importantly, you have Travis Kelsey. But the Bengals, they got T. Higgins. They got Jamar Chase. They got Tyler Boyd. I think the Bengals have the better skill position group. What say you? Go that way. <laughs> I'm going right with you. They got, they're loaded. They, they got a lot of talent. Wide receiver got the speed. They got that, that route running. They got some running backs. I'm going with the Bengals. Talk to me about Travis Kelsey. Is he good enough to overpower all of what See, the Bengals have? I, I don't think so. I, I think Travis is going to get busy because him and Pat, they're on a different type of playing field. They yep. can just look at each other and know to change the route off. But the thing with the, the, the Bengals is there's so many of them. So if you double-team Kelsey, you make the other guys like Juju have to make extra yeah. plays. We're over here. I mean, dudes, on dudes, on dudes, <laughs> on dudes, on dudes. Right. Now, there might not be five studs at the skill position for the Bengals like there are five offensive linemen who always take the field. Yeah. So when you think about the offensive linemen, Bengals Chiefs, Lyle Collins has been hurt. Alex Kappa hurt. But – I'm still surprisingly shady taking the Bengals O-line. When I went back and watched the Bills game from last week, it didn't matter the guys were hurt. Joe Burrow was out there dotting them up, dotting them up, dotting them up. But more than that, the Bengals O-line was getting after them in the run game as well, as hurt as they were. You know what I couldn't figure out when I watched tape that the Bengals offense, it's like the backups was blocking better than the starters. Butts. I got to go over here, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. You look at their offensive line, they put a lot more money this year to help them out. 
Uh, when you see when they play against the Bucks, they went up and down. They made a lot of adjustments and made some additions. So but, I'm going with the Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes got hurt last week with that same offensive line. Did that not concern you? I mean, you uh, listen, listen, listen. You have the, the, some of the best linemen of all time. They're going to miss a block or two. That happens. I think that overall they'll do better than the Bengals. I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay, let's go to the defensive line. Now, for me, Sam Hubbard has played well. If you all He's remember, nice. he was the reason that the Bengals are even in this point. Uh, Tyler Huntley fumbles the ball going in to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Hubbard, if I'm not mistaken, picks it up, runs it all the way back to the house. Number 94, you need to pay attention to that man. But Chris Jones is the all-pro. There it is. There we go. Joy Taylor. Player of the year. Chris Jones is a man. He's up with the Chiefs having yeah, the Yeah, that's an easy one. Listen. I played with the Chiefs in, uh, in 2019 when I seen this guy. I already knew he was a beast for playing against him, for being next to him in the locker room. He's he's tall, big. Yeah. He's like an athlete. He can play basketball and everything. So, Chris Jones, what you see on the tape, what you get, he's, he's a quarterback's nightmare. Take us to the inside the locker room or on the football field for a second because I've never played against Chris Jones. What makes him so unique compared to other defensive tackles? Chris, he's like Aaron Donald in a sense where you want to double team everywhere he's at. He can split them double teams. Yep. And he's like 6'5". He's strong, he's athletic, and he's he's quick. Yep. His acceleration to the quarterback is, is unmatched. Mm. That's the difference between Chris Jones and a lot of D-tackles. Chris Jones is going to be trying to get to quarterback. So as we transition to quarterback, Patrick Mahomes and uh us have this conversation. I personally am going with the person who is undefeated in the matchup. I'm picking I respect Joe that. Burrow. I respect that. Dog, but dog, what I got to do, I, I believe in all pros. That's true. Everybody can't get all pros. That's true. And I'm going with the all pro. I'm going with the MVP. I'm going with the Super Bowl chip. I'm going with the Super Bowl MVP. Patrick Mahomes, number 15, put the respect on his name. If he win this game, it'll be only three quarterbacks. He'll be the fourth to have multiple uh, Super Bowls and multiple MVPs. Are you blinded by your love and the fact that he won you a ring? How much of that is skewing LaShawn McCoy's opinion? Listen, Joe Burrow is the truth, but I can't go against Patrick Mahomes. He already did it. That's fair. He already did it. He's him. Okay, who they have to do it against? is the secondaries. Oh, now, okay. the reason I am riding with the Chiefs secondary is because they are without Eli Apple. Him? Like, I can't, I can't, I can't ride with the secondary that has Eli Apple. He has just proven himself to be a weak link. As yeah, the Chiefs, yeah, they don't have Tyron Matthew in his prime anymore. I get all that. They let go of Traverius Ward. Traverius Ward's now a Niner. But I still am going to go with the Chiefs because they don't have any straight weak links. Where you at? I got to go with the Bengals, though. <laughs> I mean, Jesse Bates plays lights out. He does. Right? I, I like I like Jesse prior to me. Last year was probably the best player uh, in the secondary in, in, in an offseason. But here's my thing, I mean, like, You know at home, I think the most risky positions on the football field defensively, safety and cornerback. Like the bro. reason the Ravens almost beat the Bengals was because Eli Apple got beat on a double move. The Ravens could yeah. not score. Nah. But all it took was one player yeah. making a yeah. terrible play. Eli Apple's not that good, but it's more than just him. It's yeah. a whole secondary. If he can just be regular and just – hold his own for the most part. They got a whole secondary. If you watch when they played Josh Allen, they had Josh confused. Not yeah. only Josh confused, but the lineman confused. They, they, they were sending different blitz off the, off the edge with the nickel blitz, and then they were playing different coverages in the back. So I like the Bengals secondary. The Chiefs, they played a game where they, they score a lot of points and just hopefully Chris Jones gets some sacks. Yeah. I got to go with the Bengals. Okay, this is what it comes down to. This is what it comes down to. It comes down to the minds that are manipulating all the players on the football field. Yeah, it's cute, Chris Jones. Yeah, it's cute, Patrick Mahomes. Should I sit down? But it comes down to Andy Reid <laughs> and Zach Taylor. Do you still need me? Or oh, you already know this one. It's the obvious one. <laughs> Come on now. Even though I'm going with Big Red, obviously, I think he's the best offensive mind in football over the last two decades, if I'm being really real with y'all. You being real. Give me the why. Because obviously it is Andy uh, Reid. I, think, I just why. think that like, Andy Reid, he, he lives up to these moments, right? Patrick Mahomes goes down, you talked about, get the injury. The backup goes 98 yards like it's nothing. Dot, 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 dot. That's, pa- that's Patrick Mahomes' play. That's really Andy Reid's coaching. So I just think that Andy Reid, man, he's used to these type of moments. He can do it. Now, I got to ask the desk because we have the two brilliant minds sitting there. Joy Taylor, Dave Hellman, y'all heard us say a whole lot. But what do y'all see in the matchups? What intrigues y'all most? What's really perking y'all's ears and attention? Here's my thing. I think the biggest X factor in this entire game is Chris Jones. Just because, and and y'all are right, the Bengals offensive line was fantastic in Buffalo. Without Von Miller, I don't think Buffalo had a difference maker of Chris Jones' caliber. I've seen Chris Jones take over games. Like, he's got three sack, three tackle for loss type of potential. I'm worried for the Bengals offensive line against a guy like that. I think if he goes off, that's, I, I think he could swing this game. Look, we think very highly of Josh Allen, correct? Correct. Von Diggs. 
Got some dogs in Buffalo. This Bengals defense held them to what? Ten points? Ten points? Yeah. Bengals defense is like that. And last week they were really, really like that. So Patrick Mahomes is MVP. And Andy Reid is like that also. You got Travis Kelsey and a bunch of other pieces. I think they'll score more than 10 points. But if the Bengals defense can put up a performance like that, that it's going to be an interesting game. Dave, I love doing this show with you amongst other reasons because to me you're like a football almanac. So prepare yourself asking you this question. I have not prepared you for it. Try not to let you down. Who (laughs) is the most important name in this game that nobody has mentioned this week? Who's the most important name in Sunday's game, 3.30, that nobody has mentioned this week but the viewer needs to know about Talk To Me? Like the sleeper? You know, I think that's a, a Shady touched on it, so I'll 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 take it from you. I'll take give the my, rock. Give from me you. my credit, Jesse Bates. Don't forget about Von Bell and Cincinnati Von either. Like, that's a nice safety tandem. We know what Travis Kelsey can do. I don't think you can completely limit him, but I think the Bengals are content to take the big play away from the Chiefs. They've got the safeties that can do it, and I, I think you brought this up earlier this week, Acho. They don't have Tyreek Hill. It has not hurt them. Yet. But, right, they do not have that big playability. I don't know if they have a guy that can make the Bengals uh, pay if they just sit back like that. So, um, yeah, I think even with Eli Apple, I think the Bengals secondary could throw a wrench into KC's plans. Well, Championship Sunday, it is going to be epic. It is going to be huge. We have to step away from Championship Sunday for a moment because there is some drama brewing with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Some coaches have already said they're staying. Other coaches have already said that they are leaving. You want to hear about the chaos going on with Jerry Jones. We have to give you the insight and the input on all that next on Speak. But can we just stay here? I like to be up here. Look up I don't want to go to desk. But I don't want to go. <laughs> Cowboys, we got to talk about them. We have to stop down and talk about this because this is really urgent news. Now, Mike McCarthy, he is going to retain his position as coach. And surprisingly, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, he announced that he's staying despite a lot of head coaching buzz. That is a huge retaining for the Dallas Cowboys. McCarthy was non-committal, though, on the offensive side of the ball. Kellen Moore, who has led that team to a number one offense two of the last three years, sounds like he might be out of Dallas. Mike McCarthy has some words to say. Y'all take a listen. As far as my relationship with Jerry, you know, um, just using his word, we're, 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 in a, we're in an excellent spot. You know, he's uh, the partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. Um, he told me a number of times this, you know, this week that, he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, no, no that's, that's a long time. <laughs> Dave, how long was Tom Landry the coach for the Cowboys? 26 or 27 years? 29 years. 29 years. That's yeah. a long time. Dave, I've been wrestling with this, and I think the viewers need to come into this conversation as well because Mike McCarthy, since he last won the Super Bowl, he hasn't made a whole bunch of noise as a head coach. He just, he just hasn't. He's won playoff games, I believe, against Jason Garrett, won playoff games against the likes of Todd Bowles, but he hasn't won playoff games against the Shanahans. He hasn't won playoff games against some of the greater head coaches in ball. I think Jerry Jones is giving Mike McCarthy too much hiring and firing power, but you cover the Cowboys for literally 10 years. You know more about the Cowboys than anybody, including anyone watching this show. So is he getting too much power? No, I don't think so. If anything, I, I think we're seeing evidence of, I mean, and for the record, I think Mike McCarthy's done a pretty admirable job. Like, back-to-back trips to the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. Back-to-back, uh, for, what, back-to-back 12-win seasons for the first time since the 90s. 90s yep. Road win in the playoffs for the first time since the 90s. So the Cowboys are going to be judged against their previous success, and rightfully so. But no, I, I don't think he's getting too much power. If anything, I think we're still seeing jerry jones's fingerprints on this team like dan quinn remains in dallas because of jerry jones i would love to know how many zeros are on that check that dan quinn is getting written to stay as the dc in dallas and and well deserved of course but jerry only jerry jones could pull something like that off on top of that some of these staff changes we've seen are guys that have been with mike mccarthy forever joe philbin joy remembers joe philbin used to be the head coach of the dolphins back before he was with Mike Ooh. McCarthy in Green Bay. Like, that's how long Joe Philbin and Mike McCarthy have been together. Same thing with his assistant head coach, Rob Davis. He's been in, he was in Green Bay with Mike going back to 2008, 2009. So these are some guys that Mike McCarthy has spent a long time with, I would assume has great relationships with, and they're being shown the door. Now, 
What I don't know is how much of that is Mike and how much of it is Jerry, but we're clearly, we're seeing things change that I don't necessarily know would be all on the head coach, especially Dan Quinn. And for that matter, that is the most important one. If the Cowboys can keep Dan Quinn in the building, the rest of that I'll take. And I think anybody that follows the Cowboys would agree. That's a win regardless of anything else that's happening. Joy, where do you stand? Too much power from McCarthy? I think Jerry Jones has too much power. There it is. It's not a normal conversation that we're having right now. No. Just want to point that out. Again, we have normalized this behavior to a point that we discuss this as if it is reasonable. And it is not reasonable. And it is also why the Cowboys continue to lose. And why they will continue to underwhelm and underperform. Because they keep flying in the face of logic. Just burrowing away. One day it's going to work, and it never has, and it never will. What has Jerry stayed the Jones same? Jerry yeah. Jones is the owner of the team. Why do I care about what he thinks about football decisions? We don't care what any other owner thinks about it. And anytime you have an owner that is this involved, it generally means you're not going to be a very good team because that's not what you do well. Great owner hires the best people and lets them do their job. Signs some checks, gets involved when things get a little spicy, but other than that, you are the head coach. You should hire your staff. You should decide how many carries Ezekiel Elliott gets. You should decide who's going to be the starting quarterback if someone else is playing better. I'm not going to jump on the air and talk about, I think we should have a quarterback competition in the middle of the season. <laughs> we are talking about something that is not normal, like it is normal. Yes. And this is why the Cowboys haven't won anything in how many years? 27. 27. So, yes. He should have all the power because he's the head coach and any other head coach at a winning organization would have this power. Right? Just to go off of that too, like imagine the flip side of this where Jerry Jones is coming out and saying all of this stuff for Mike McCarthy. Like Jason Garrett got that rap for a long time of like, he's just Jerry's puppet. Like he's here because Jerry can get him to do whatever he wants. So like, in this very weird scenario, I don't know that there's a way Mike McCarthy can win. Like, he's either getting too much power from his GM or he's a puppet, one or the other. It's all very weird and here's, unique to Dallas, like Joy just said. I guess here's what I hate. Shady, there's nothing I really hate more in sports than somebody being a scapegoat. Nobody talks about it at home. This is probably the least talked about thing in the sports world is scapegoats. What do I mean by that? Scapegoat is the coach who gets fired because the coach who should have gotten fired kept his job. The running back coach wasn't retained, but Tony Pollard was a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Cowboys haven't had a Pro Bowl running back since I think Zeke in maybe 2018 or 19, and Zeke's been on a constant decline. Right. The defensive line coach, former Cowboys player, yep. Leon Lett didn't get retained. And last I checked. That's the best part of the team. Marcus Ware bald. Micah Parsons bald. Number 56 bald. Dorrance Armstrong ball. Who's number 56? Dante Fowler? Dante Fowler, Dante Fowler got his numbers. Uh, I just know. I watched him. I just know about numbers. Uh, <laughs> Dorrance Armstrong balled. So I'm like, wait, the D-line coach didn't get retained? Shady, the linebacker coach didn't get retained? Leighton Van Der Esch played well. Yeah, he did. Played well. I think these guys are scapegoats for Mike McCarthy, but you think he's getting too much power? No. No. I, I, like, I like McCarthy. I think he did a good job. You know, um, I see his team getting better and better. Last year, they weren't disciplined at all. This year, they show a lot more discipline. And then I also think, like, I watched, I played in an era where Jason Garrett was getting all the power. Mm -hmm. Ten, what, ten seasons? Yep. He's had, like, three playoff appearances, right? And McCarthy, in his, what, third year, already two. I think they get better and better. Now, I do think that McCarthy should have more power to do something with the personnel. Like, move this player. Get this player. Get a different quarterback, right? But I think the Cowboys on the right direction. I think he deserves the, the power he's getting. Dave, let me drop um, chaos, to be politically correct, I mean, that's into what, this conversation. That's what the Cowboys do best. I believe that coach-quarterback combinations win Super Bowls. This okay. is my fervent belief, right? Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay. I believe coach-quarterback combinations, more than any other combination, is what really dictates the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, is not a Super Bowl-winning coach-quarterback conversation. You've done so very eloquently on social media and your Fox Sports writing allowed us to understand Dak isn't going anywhere. 
But if coach-quarterback combinations win Super Bowls, and right now think about it, Jalen Hurts, Sirianni, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and then you have the outlier, and the outlier which proves the rule, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan. If coach-quarterback combinations win Super Bowls and Dak and McCarthy isn't a Super Bowl-winning combination, what's going to get? Well, that's a really interesting subplot here. And now that we know Dan Quinn's thing, it's the most interesting thing. We don't yet know what's going on with Kellen Moore. And I think a key difference there, Mike McCarthy was Aaron Rodgers' play caller for a lot of his Green Bay career. He hasn't been calling the plays in Dallas. Like, Mike McCarthy is way more of a CEO, you know, just walk-around head coach than he was when he was in Green Bay. Kellen Moore calls the offense. And again, Mike McCarthy didn't want to speculate on Kellen Moore's future. He said his evaluation was ongoing. That is a very interesting place to be because it's simultaneously true that the Cowboys have been a top-five offense through Kellen's entire tenure. They've also been really disappointing and disjointed when they've gotten into the playoffs. Just, I mean, 12 points, 17 points the year before that. So there's some criticism there. And I wonder, like, is Kellen Moore coming back? Do the Cowboys need to tweak their offense? Because I would argue that at the very least they should tweak it. People have been wondering if Mike would want to take play calling duties over since he got here and it hasn't happened yet. I wonder if change is coming there in the next mm. few weeks or, or and if it does, what would it look like? Can I defend Mike McCarthy? Though? Of course. Yeah, do. Sure. He won do. a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. He so you're talking that. about combina- like quarterback coach combinations. Well, Mike McCarthy had a combination that won a Super Bowl. It was Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Jack Prescott hasn't won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy has. And Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl more recently than Jerry Jones. So, and they're getting better every single year. I don't, like, want to go out too far on a ledge here, but Mike McCarthy has absolutely done a good enough job to not have a scapegoat. And and part of the reason why these changes are being made and, and people would say, well, maybe they're just covering up for Mike McCarthy. We don't know who makes the decisions here. No. So if you don't have a, a, a clear delineation of responsibilities, then you don't know who to blame. So if it's Jerry meddling in this and Mike is in charge of this and Kellen Moore is calling the place, okay, who do we blame? Because everybody has a little slice of responsibility pie because it's dysfunctional and that's why they continue to lose. And I continue to be right because I have 27 years of evidence that this is continuing to lead to the exact same result. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's not, it's not wrong. So, Shady, do you like Kellen Moore? Because if, if, if it's not Mike McCarthy because he's gone to a Super Bowl, where do you stand? He's gone to a Super oh, Bowl he's won a Super Bowl. Where do you stand on Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore's the truth. He's the truth. I love him as a coordinator. It's the reason why he had opportunities to be a head coach. You don't just be average and get opportunities to get interviewed for a head coaching job. It doesn't work like that. That's why I'm, like, kind of surprised on what's going on in Dallas. Are they trying to get rid of Kellen Moore, Dave, or is it trying to not sign him? What I'm is gonna, that? Uh, let me show you something, Dave, and you were going to have to take it home because we're running out of time before we get back to the game. But I was watching the tape, Shady, and I realized that the mistakes Dak Prescott made, you go he by obviously made. I'll go by myself. Right. The mistakes Dak made, he obviously made. But Kellen Moore could take some responsibility, and maybe this is why Mike McCarthy's upset, because McCool- Moore was going back to plays and it was costing him. Cowboys have CeeDee Lamb at number three. If your star player is at the number three, one, two, three position, he's likely getting the ball. Cowboys are in empty formation. Remember that picture. Easy completion early on in the game. There was 11 minutes, 20 seconds left in the second quarter. Okay, Kellen Moore, it worked once, but don't go to it again. You're not playing high school kids. You're playing a brilliant defense. But now you see a minute left in the, in, in the second quarter. CeeDee Lamb is once again at number three. But now the Niners are like, wait, we've seen this play before. We've seen this play before. They're communicating. What happens on this play that Kellen Moore it goes back to just 10 minutes of game time later. It gets intercepted. Now, on television, clearly, we're going to come on, on TV and blame Dak Prescott for that pick. What? But, Dave, as I come to you, you've been watching the Cowboys. I blame oh. Dak Prescott as well. I don't think that it was a wise decision. He had to throw that ball. He didn't at all. He didn't come at all. On, he didn't at true. all. He didn't at all. But I'm wondering, Mike McCarthy is very noncommittal to a guy who's had a number one offense two out of the last three years. It has to be something. Do you think Kellen Moore is getting some of the blame that Dak should be getting, or what do you think's going on there? I think, and we saw this last year, by the way, they lost the Niners in the wild card round, and there was a month of drama about, and it was, it was mainly about Mike McCarthy last year, about wh- whether Jerry was committed to his future. I think there's frustration and evaluation, and that's what I was getting at, is I think you can watch the tape back of that playoff loss and think, yes, Dak P- Prescott played poorly, but is our offense stale? Is our offense predictable? 
Shady, you don't have to agree with me, but like it's a it's a valid <laughs> talking point. I personally, I would guess Kellen Moore has done enough that I I would be surprised to see him move on. I mean, again, I top go. five in offense like the last four sure. years speaks for itself. So some of the interceptions that, that that Dak has. First of all, that play right there, don't throw that ball. If it's covered, throw it throw it away. There's nothing wrong with that. Live for next down. What about all the other turnovers that we've seen with Dak Prescott? The one that Greenlaw dropped, I guess Kellen Moore gets blamed for that. When you had CeeDee Lamb wide open. Wide open. Or what about the picks? You throw on the outside leverage pass, you throw the inside. How do you blame Kellen Moore for that? I say it all the time, and, and, I, and I don't fucking want to pick on Dak, but I'm not. We got to stop giving him passes. It's either right or wrong. There's no gray area. There is gray area, like, No, because y'all trying to get, put it on a coordinator, where a coordinator that, that – other teams want to be their head coach for a reason. Where Dak Prescott is giving these picks, come on. You can like the quarterback can play poorly and the offensive game plan can be uninspired at the same time, right? The first pick he had was that Kellen Moore or that's Dak. I'm not assigning blame for come picks. On, I'm saying, is... you know, maybe run fewer curl routes on to they the six try... on third down. Like that would be a starting point. One of their most successful uh, offensive plays is when they have CeeDee Lamb in the slot. Mm-hmm. Right? He's his most successful when he's in the slot. And then, two, I, I think they try to protect that. To be honest, if they bring another coordinator in, in, in for the, the, the Cowboys, I want to see who that is because it's going to be so hard to work with that Prescott. We are, well, I we think Kellen Moore simplifies the offense so much for Dak more than anybody else. Anybody else that's like a, um, a veteran quarterback. They run the ball all the time. They make the safe throws. Like, y'all got to stop this giving them a pass. It's I, ridiculous. It's the NFL. It's not college. It's not no high school. We, I don't know how we got here. Yeah, like, I will like, say, if the Cowboys move on from Kellen Moore, I can't wait to see who they hire. Because my, right? my guess is that it's not going to be yeah. inspired the way fans might want it to be. We make it all about the quarterback, but this NFC oh. championship game. Like, oh, don't worry about that pick. Be like, it's not your fault. Kellen Moore, get, do better. Oh. <laughs> Toughen up, Acho. Can I read the tease now? The NFC Championship game is going to feature something we haven't seen in over a half decade. Twelve All-Pros will be on the field at one time. It's time for us to pick the winners, y'all. It's time for us to pick the winners of the most impressive game by talent the NFL has seen in quite some time. That's next. I'll pick my winner Monday. (laughs) I don't think there is a gap between the Niners and the Eagles because I'm looking at how these teams are playing right now. The Niners have won seven straight games with two different quarterbacks at home on the road on Thursday, on Sunday, on Sunday, on Monday. It does not matter where or when the Niners know how to get dubbed. Ain't this what we've been waiting for? You ready? Niners, Eagles, it's finally here. It's finally here. December 16th, I said there wasn't a gap. I was just talking. The players had to go on the field and prove that there was not a gap. Now, NFC Championship game. I believe it's 1230. Niners, Eagles, Sunday, six All-Pros on each team. 12 All-Pros in total. Literally half of the Pro Bowl roster will be found between these two squads. There will not be a more talented game that you will watch in football over the last calendar year or the next, likely than this matchup. Shady, I I need you to tell me who is going to win the game and why. Hey, how'd you start it off? Are y'all ready? Because you're going to have that dream of nightmare. They're going to have that plan. That's going to be going. That's the first anthem. The Philadelphia Eagles. Easy, though. I'm going to keep it real easy. First of all, the last time an opposing team touched a Rocky statue, you know who that was? It was. It was the Vikings. You know what we did to them? That was bad. Blowout. Week two, 24 to 7. Let's fast forward. Another thing about the Eagles, we got the better team. We got the better team overall. We got the better quarterback. Those are the biggest gaps right there. You in home foot advantage, right? You know who's going to be there? I got to say it. I just got a confirmation. My boy, Michael Blast is going to be there. McMill's going to be there. Sadie McCoy is going to be there. Brian Westbrook, Deshaun Jackson. Kevin Hart, Will Smith. We're going to be in the building. It's going to be cold. You bringing them boys from the Bay, they coming to Philadelphia, it's going to be cold. We're going to run the ball hard. I think, I think this is a moment where Jalen Hurts really separates from being a, a really good quarterback to everybody's getting, starting to give him some respect to like, yo, wow, we need to put him in a category with the Josh Allens, category with the Justin Herberts. This is a moment that make you a superstar. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the game where he's going to put up, I don't know, 100 yards rushing, 250 yards passing, three, four touchdowns, and a W, the most important stat. 
Let's go Philadelphia. That sounded great. I don't know how much of that he believes. Every word. I I, I thought I was finished. It's about to go down. He know it. That boy nervous for real. We're going to get some rookie. Was he like 21 years old, 22? He was in dorms last year. Yeah, okay. A a boy going to be in the dorms and come up and beat us in Philadelphia at home? All right. I'm I'm, I'm done for the whole segment. Talk it. Until we play. Talk it, Shady. Um, Joy, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Who wins the NFC Championship game? Okay. I, 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 I don't want to do this, but I'm going to pick the Eagles. Now, I'm always saying I don't want to do this. She's keeping it real. Do it? Because I, I know this is very, this going to be a very close game. Both sure. of these games are going to be very close. Sure. Um, and the Niners have everything that they, they would need to beat a great Eagles team. But I'm going to go with the Eagles because I'm going to go with the better, more experienced quarterback. Now, what I would agree with you, Shady, is that I think that both of us feel the same way about Jalen Hurts. I think he's arrived. I think he's a star. I think he's great. He's also an, an all-pro. Everybody can't do those. Everybody I can't, can't get those. They can't, make that, they can't make that, and they can't pay for it. That part. MVP finalist. But he still has people questioning his legitimacy. Yeah, still. 14-1 as a starter. Could go down a whole other list of things that he's done. And people still think <clears throat> that Brock Purdy and him are the same. So go out there and show everyone that you're not. And winning this game against that generational defense in San Francisco would do that. So I, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game. They're at home. Michael Blackson's going to be there. <laughs> McCoy's going to be there. Mills going to be there. They shouldn't have touched the trophy. That, <laughs> was, that trophy, Joy. That was an edgy choice. But, no, I, I do think that Philadelphia uh, has been the most consistent all season long. And it, while, while they're both very evenly matched and the Niners have had an incredible season and have a lot of talent in Kyle Shanahan, the gap to me is at the quarterback position, which is why I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I was watching. I was watching the Niners game on this past Sunday, Saturday, whenever they played, and I really, I literally had this thought. I was like, I hope Fred Warner never gets old. <laughs> like I literally, I, I was you watching love the that game, man so and much. I literally was like, I was like, I hope Fred. Like I'm going to be so sad when Fred Warner can't do Fred Warner star linebacker for the Niners when he can't do what he typically does. Watching this games, I'm sad. I'm like, I hope nobody loses. Like, I'm, I'm sad when either the Eagles will lose or the Niners will but lose. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, because oh, I, I really don't want to. I don't want to have like, to make a pick. Oh, like, like, you care. I do. You care? <laughs> I do, you man. Care. Like, like, think about. You're wearing, you kind of wearing Niners. You're wearing Niners colors. He's been loving them all week. Like, we oh, will week? not oh, get. Oh, year. Oh, year. I'm not feeling you. We, we won't get to talk about one of these teams, Shady, a week from today. We will no longer be talking about one of these teams. Let me tell you all, I think the Niners win. Ooh, I think the Niners this win. This funny. I, I don't have a concrete reason. I don't have legitimate, astute film study that tells you why. I don't have any empirical data that supports it. I can say that the Eagles are bottom half of the league in rush defense, and I can tell you that the Niners are top 10 in rush offense. If I was going to support my reason, it would be that. I would tell you that when the Eagles lost to the Washington Commanders, Commanders ran the ball 49 times. The Niners ran the ball 45-plus times against the Seahawks in Week 2. They won. They ran the ball 45-plus times against the Vikings a couple years ago in the divisional round. They won. I can tell you that, but that doesn't matter. You know that don't matter. Joy, you know it don't matter. Dave, you know it. None of, none of what we actually say statistically matters. It's going to come down to a player two. I think the Niners make the player two. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl before the season, so I'm really blindly committing. But Dave, we you hurt tell Philly. Me we hurt, we hurt, we hurt, we hurt hearing that from you. Ocho's, Ocho's going on vibes, which is, <laughs> hey. I mean, what, 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 I picked the Cowboys last week, so I feel you. I get it. I mean, no, I, th- I, think, I think the Eagles are – uniquely positioned. They have a matchup that I think really favors them in a game where there's not a lot, but they have an offensive line that can buy Jalen Hurts time against a pass rush, and they can win deep vertically. Like, you don't want any part of the Niners in, in the box. Like, you don't want to ask Dak Prescott about trying to win with 8 to 10 to 12-yard passes with Warner and Greenlaw there, playing short, intermediate. But I think they can take some shots. Like, I don't think the Niners want any part of, like, covering A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, like, deep down the field. I think well, they don't. low-key, I think that's a weakness. I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is going to bomb away for 400 yards, but in a close game, if he can't one or two of those, I think it could be the difference. I think the Eagles. Here's win. what's fascinating. Eagles offensive line is ridiculous. Shady, you know better than most. But the Eagles offensive lineman who is least ridiculous is probably the left tackle, Jordan Mailata. He's been playing football the, the shortest amount of time. I believe he was playing Australian rugby earlier and came over from yep. that. Nick Bosa is the right defensive end for the Niners. 
Jordan Mailata is a left tackle. It's going to come down to matchups. It's going to come down to can A.J. Brown beat Javarius Ward? Can Nick Bosa beat Mailata before A.J. beats Ward? What matchup, Shady, do you think is a matchup that decides the game? Do you have one offensively for the Eagles, offensively for the Niners? Like, do you and all your film study and all your knowledge know? Only thing that that worries me, right, the matchup, uh, C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey on 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 a pass, right, option routes, whatever it is, on our linebackers. That's the only thing that worries me. That's it. That's I'm, proud, it. I'm proud of you for admitting something. That's it. That's the only thing I'm, I'm nervous of because he could be like a wide receiver, wide receiver. This game is literally going to be crazy. AFC Championship game. It is in a couple of days. This is a game between two of the best young quarterbacks we have ever seen. Did you know that we've never seen a conference championship game between two QBs, 27 and under, that have both been to a Super Bowl? We have quite literally are witnessing history on Sunday. We want to bring the historical matchup to the desk because you got to hear our picks. Now, I don't know who I'm asking first, so I'm just going to go to you, Dave. Who is going to win the AFC Championship game? Y'all know how I feel about my guy, Joe Shiesty. <laughs> Joe brrr, brrr. He's him. But I'm riding with the Chiefs. I'm riding with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm riding with Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. It is still Arrowhead last time I checked. They're the one seed. They've been here before. They've done that. You could argue they should have won this game last year. I know that you know, if, 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 if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. That's what somebody told me one time. But Pat Mahomes fell apart in that game. If he plays a complete game, he's the MVP. He's the MVP. I picked the Chiefs before the season. I'm damn sure not about to jump off the bandwagon. That's right, Dave. Right Stay now. Sure. I'm not going to jump down, off the Dave. bandwagon right now. So I, I hope it's a great game. I hope it lives up to the hype. But I am going to ride with the Chiefs. Where are you at, Joy Taylor? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. I'm... I think Joe Burrow goes 4-0. Oh! <laughs> See, she, with the Bengals. she's yeah. got the LSU ties now, too. I do. Uh, so. That's right. Um, but, look, the Bengals' defense, we talk about the quarterbacks all the time, and we should because these two are excellent. And it's, it's been a gift to watch these matchups, and it's a gift to have another one. Yep. Particularly in the AFC Championship game. But let's put a little respect on what the Bengals' defense did last week. Yes, it, it was a little embarrassing, the Buffalo defensive performance, particularly with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. Mm. But the Bengals' defense was excellent against Josh Allen, who's been playing at a high level most of the season. They couldn't get anything done. Ten points? Now, I think Mahomes and Chiefs are going to score more than that. But if they can play the way that they did last week and Joe Burrow's playing it the way, Joe Burr. Joe Burr. <laughs> playing at the level that he is, I think they can get it done again. 2-5, you won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I know where your allegiance is, but what is your head telling you? Chiefs, Bengals, who wins? My heart, my mind. It's with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I think the Chiefs get it done. I mean, I'm going with the MVP. I'm going with the Super Bowl champion. I'm going with the best coach in football. I'm going with Andy Reid. And then for my, my second game... <clears throat> The Eagles versus the Niners. You told me that last block. It's a new block. New block. <laughs> My moment. Um, when you hear that song, Dreams of Nightmare, they say, you ready? You know what's going to happen. No need to talk about no more about the Eagles. We game. spent eight minutes talking about the Eagles. Already. I guess we need nine. Put up <laughs> Eagles. Let's do it. It's time. It's time. We got Chiefs and Bengals players behind them on the board right now. I just had to mention them there. Oh, man. I am going with the Bengals, man. I think it's going to go 4-0. I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. We get that. But when they face each other, Joe Burrow, for whatever reason, finds a way to will his team to victory more than Patrick Mahomes wills his team to victory. Andy Reid is phenomenal. I understand that as well. But Zach Taylor's no slouch. Zach Taylor's been in his big bag as well. I also think we have to look at, like, recency history as it pertains to the teams. As it pertains to the quarterbacks, yes, Patrick Mahomes. But the teams, the last two years, all signs point to the Bengals being better. The Bengals were the champs last year in beating the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs last year. They beat the Chiefs in the regular season this year. They had beat the Chiefs uh, twice in the, in the year prior. 
It's, it's the Bengals proving time and time again they can win, they will win, they're capable of winning. That's why, Dave, I trust Joe Burrow more than I trust Mahomes. Joe Burrow's healthier than Mahomes. Joe Burrow's hotter right now than Mahomes. The team is hotter than Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm all in on the Bengals. I don't think you're crazy. That's both of these games. That's I, I don't remember ever being this excited for a championship. That's true. Yeah. That I, true. Maybe I have, but I don't remember it. Just There's usually... There's usually one matchup where you're like, ah, okay, but, like, let's get to the better or one. Or there's somebody that we're kind of like, please beat them so we don't have them in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like, all four teams deserving. Both of these games are amazing. I will say, like, I picked the Chiefs, and I stand on that. I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, I think Chris Jones has a unique ability to affect this. Like, if he plays up to that defensive player of the year candidate ability, you know, he could finish with two, three sacks, or at the very least hit Joe Burrow seven, eight times and make life miserable on him. But you're – your point is a good one. We don't mention Lou Anarumo enough, the Bengals' defensive coordinator. What they have consistently been able to do against the elite quarterbacks of the AFC, whether it's obviously Josh Allen, whether it's a 3-0 and record against Patrick Mahomes, like that, that is incredible when you consider, fine, the Niners, you've got Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. With all due respect to those guys, that there isn't that – game-changing, all-pro talent on the Bengals' defense. It's just like 16 guys that play really, really well together. It's a lot of fun to watch. What is a more enticing game matchup for you? Two generational-caliber quarterbacks or two generational-caliber teams? We have never seen a matchup between two talented <clears throat> teams like this before, at least not since 2015, and we literally have never seen a generational talent of quarterback matchup mm. at this age. What is the more, like, captivating matchup to you i think it's niners eagles just because again like <laughs> we do this in college all the time right like whether it's your texas team against bama or lsu played bama some years where you're just like oh my god like they had that many pro players on the field they're that's happening in the nfl in eagles niners where you're just like wait half the pro bowl rosters playing in this game you just don't see that very often so i'm excited about joe and pat too but you don't see rosters like that play each other very often. Yeah, and we've seen Joe and Pat. That's a true. Few times. Yeah. So I think just naturally, because this isn't the first huge matchup we've seen between the two of them, that there is just going to be a little more intrigue for Niners and Eagles. And particularly because you have so many layers at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts, people still doubt him. Brock Purdy, is he going to continue to play at the level he's been playing at? He's a rookie. Is it going to come down to Shanahan and Sirianni? Like, there's so many more questions that we have about how that game can go and what it's going to look like where we have, I guess, some expectations of what we're going to see from Mahomes and Burrow. I think the other thing nobody is talking about, at least not loudly enough, is the fact that the NFC had a huge talent disparity in teams. You could argue that the Niners and the Eagles haven't really played anybody in the NFC this year. The Vikings were the three seed. The Cowboys were the best team that both those teams played. Yeah. Conversely, in the AFC, it's been a gauntlet. Anyway, coming up, there's a lot of football on Sunday. Obviously, y'all know that, but we got to take care of some family business next on Speed. Don't go anywhere. See this madness. See this disrespect. <laughs> Rocky got a Niners jersey over him. Shady, what kind of craziness listen, is that? They, they, they done messed up. Now listen, what they do? If you mess with Rocky, you're gonna lose. Ask the Vikings. Ask the Vikings. He's a fictional character. He, Rocky's real. I want to make sure we're. Is he real or is he fictional? Rocky Balboa. It's a Rocky's movie. real, bro. It's a movie. Rocky's real. See, that's the Cowboys guy. See, <laughs> guys like that. Listen, one one day the Cowboys might make it this far. So Rocky, I'm praying, I'm praying you guys will do that. He's real. No, you're not. Rocky, not real to me. Rocky to Philadelphia. Everybody. You should know that. You play for you. Right. You're right. That's right. And when you mess with Rocky, you mess with us. You mess with us, you lose. Ask the Vikings. Hold up. Wait a minute. Hey. Hold up. Wait a minute. 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 Hold up. Wait a